I'd like to speak a little while this morning on running to win. That's a theme that Erwin Lutzer is assigned with the Moody, what he, Moody Broadcasting when he teaches and preaches there. So some of my remarks today may be from, and probably will be some, from some of his teachings. I think I would like to change this up a little bit, and even though I have spoke some before on this, I want to, I believe, take as our first passage, Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In the chapter that was read this morning earlier with our Bible reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if we look at verse 24, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And let's read the rest of that chapter, four more verses. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now... They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an uncorruptible. I therefore so run, not as, as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by, that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We, um, this race that we're in, and serving the Lord, is not the same as that which is run by athletes or those that run and receive a corruptible prize. But what we are running is a race that is for an incorruptible prize. We're to have our eyes fixed on heaven and run that race well. There are several rules for being a winner, and we certainly want to win as we run this race in serving God. It's not based upon, you know, when you run a race, an athlete, and athletes are running or in the Olympics or something like that, or in a competition in any athletic event, there's only one winner as a rule or one team to win. But in this race, those that are running the race that Paul is talking of, all are winners. All of his children that press into his kingdom, all of his children that strive to serve Him. So, as we think about this race, let's look at a few items, a few verses. Um, We want to be built upon a strong foundation. We want to have good planning if we're going to run this race and win. We want to be disciplined, just as an athlete is disciplined. And in three, we want to have direction, and we must run with determination and with discretion. So there's five points that would, I think, be of value to us. In building up on a good foundation, people start out their lives with goals in mind. They have, and Sometimes some people start out without much goal in mind, and they're just living their life for the pleasures of their body that God has given them. But we, I think, in order for us to be well-founded, we need to learn at an early age if at all possible. We know that some may not be born again, young in life, but still, as maybe their parents are Christians and they still have an opportunity to learn many things that will help them build a strong foundation. 
and then set their goals and set their marks that they might be a winner. In Matthew 6.33, it says, For us to seek the kingdom of God, Christ teaches us, and His righteousness. And if we will do these things, everything else will be added unto us. So I think that's a good part of our foundation for us to learn to do that. And then in Matthew 7.26, we're taught to build our lives upon the rock, on the rock of Christ. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and it didn't hold. Let's look at Matthew 7.26 quickly, if we can. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus is speaking, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall thereof, or the, the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. So that sounds like a good foundation that we might build upon the Word of God, that we might learn to seek his kingdom first. If we'll go ahead and read 6.33 and 34 while we're here in Matthew. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. It's very difficult sometimes for us to not think about tomorrow in the sense that we should not think of it. I don't believe he's teaching us because I believe the scriptures tell us that we should do planning, but we're not to be worried about tomorrow. We should be steadfast in Christ, and we should be building upon the rock of Christ. When he said he would build his church upon the rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we should build upon that. In Acts 2, or Ephesians 2.20, we find that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And he built the church in such a way that the gates of hell will never prevail against it. So here we find some more examples of how we should develop and build upon the right foundation as we plan our lives. Sometimes we may get off track, but we need to be at the feet of Jesus, asking Him for directions all the time, that we might be tuned to the Spirit of God and listen to what He would have us to do, that we might follow Him and not remain off track if we do stumble from time to time. You may have seen some of the races in the Olympics where someone would pull a hamstring or become severely injured. Then the father of the athlete may run down on the field and help him. He put a hold his leg up that's injured, put his arm on his around his father, his father hold him up, and he finished the race because he wants to finish. I think some of us have seen that on the Olympics before. And that is in the church of God we should help one another finish the race. That's why our church covenant talks of us praying and supporting one another and helping one another as long as we're on the right course. But if we want to be a winner in this race, we need to build upon the right foundation. Then we need to be disciplined. You know, growing up on a farm, we had to be disciplined in order to get up and milk the cows at 5 o'clock in the morning and to do other chores before we went to school. Our actors were not going to school anymore. The farmer has to still be disciplined to do those things. You learn a lot 
from growing up on a farm, and there's a lot that you don't learn. If you're kind of isolated and out in the country, you may not learn a lot of social skills. You don't learn a lot of social skills from milking cows. They slap you in the face with their tail, and you may hit them. That don't work too well when you're dealing with people. So you don't learn a lot of social skills on the farm sometimes. But the thing that you learn is how to work, and you work. And with the Lord's blessings, you survive. And you learn a lot of discipline about work and about getting up and being on time. You know, with athletes, there are some people, if you call fishing an athletic, I'm not sure, but they might get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning to go fishing or to go play golf even, to get out there and get an early start. You know, they might even do that to go hunting. These people are otherwise normal people, aren't they? They just get up early to go do these things. So what effort do we put in our services to serve God? And how do we put His kingdom first? Maybe we should consider some of those lessons. How people look so look forward to playing golf that they would get up at 5 o'clock, get an early start. Did we do that in our service to God, in our labors in the church, for the one that died for us? And then we must also have discretion Brother Lutzer mentioned in his teachings about, I believe it was Ben Johnson in the Olympics for Canada that won the race. But later, they found out he was on drugs and Canada had to give up. This He had to give up his gold medal. So we need discretion to do those things that are correct. We need direction. In farming, if you're planting a crop or you're preparing a field, in order to plow a straight furrow, you want you want your rows straight. You may pick out something off in the distance. Set your sight on it, and you keep it on there till you get to the end of the row. One time a farmer did this, and he looked back, and his row was all curved. Then he looked back at the sight he had on some off in the distance, and he realized it was a cow. And that cow had been moving a little bit, so he didn't have a straight row. So we need, in getting our directions we need to, as one in the Old Testament spoken of, set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem. He kept praying to God, just as he always prayed, even under the threats of being imprisoned or being persecuted for it. But God provided for him and protected him. We need to labor as we labor in serving God with determination, just as someone running a race would be determined to win and keep pressing on and perhaps get a second breath, so to speak, and put some extra speed in it right toward the end. Let's read Luke 9.62 as it pertains to our race and our service to God. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, the verse before that, one had said, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. In other words, he wanted to put off following Jesus. And many people today may want to put off following Jesus. But we need to be steadfast. And we we need to not take our eyes off the target. And we need to make sure we have the right target so that we don't get a curvy road. You know, the Scriptures also teach us that we should walk the straight and narrow path. I guess a lot of folks look at that and think, well, there's not many that find it, so it's not important that I find it. That's not the teaching. The teaching is that we should find it. He's not telling us 
these things for us not to do them or that it's impossible for us to do them. He's telling us for us to strive to do them and for us to labor to do them. And he's telling us not to look back, not to worry. Once I heard a story about this lady that lived to be over 100 years old, and I probably have told it to you before. Someone asked her what she did to account for her long life. Or, and of course, we know that it was the Lord's will, and the Lord guided and provided for her, and the Lord gave her that long life. But things we do can affect our lives and perhaps the length of our lives. One time, God gave a man 15 more years to his life, we find in the Old Testament. Well, her answer was, I make the most of what comes and the least of what goes. So sometimes in our service to God and our labors, whenever we're down and whenever we feel like we failed and whenever things aren't going the way we would like for them to, we just need to make the most of what comes and the least of what goes. We should always love God's people, reach out to them, and be a servant. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is a servant, not those that want to be big leaders or important. We find here in our reading this morning where people that serve God are those that are blessed of God. We find that if we seek God's kingdom first, he provides everything else. That does not mean that we're not doing anything because if we're laboring to seek God's kingdom first, we're laboring to work. And the scriptures teach us that we work not only to feed ourselves, but provide those to help those that are in need also. If we talk about, as we started out in Hebrews 12, we're foreseeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. This cloud of witness, a great cloud of witnesses for all those people in Hebrews 11 that we're kind of looking back at in our situations. Those people that were faithful to God, it's the hall of fame of faith. Even one of them was a harlot, but they were many faithful men and women. Those are our examples. We have a great cloud of witnesses. We have some great examples in God's Word. Some people might think that God's Word is boring, but it's not boring whenever you we understand it and we start seeing all the truths and all the directions of godliness and life that it provides for us, the safeties, the instructions. People might look and say, that's a great family down the street. They have beautiful children. They're all well-disciplined and well-mannered. They honor the Lord and they're respectful to all the people in the community. And they reach out and help people when they're in need. Is that the example that we want? I would think so as a Christian. So we need to have our priorities right. As I was, the Lord gave me some of those things as a young person, yet I did not and still do not have all the wisdom and all the knowledge. But as I went to college, as I was in high school, I had my eyes set on goals of someday being married and having a family and preparing for that as I was working in school and even in college. And sometimes when I was in college, I didn't know if I was going to make it. The Lord blessed me to get through but I didn't have a great background for starting college or for being in college or for finishing. But the Lord provided, and he kept me from a lot of sin and problems, even though I wasn't perfect. He gave me some great blessings through that whole process. And as we were reading this past week in Psalm 37, David said he had never seen the righteous forsaken, never been forsaken. So those who are righteous are those that 
Christ died for, those that have been born again, those that have the laws of God written in their heart. It's up to us then, as He's given us these tools, He tells us to make our calling election sure. He tells us to press into His kingdom. So we have to labor with these tools that God has given us. We need to not look back, but we need to press forward and we need to press on. And we need to help each other and encourage each other and pray for not only one another, but for others. And we need to reach out to others that need help, like the people that we spoke to Tuesday night and sang with at the retirement center. And they want us to come back. I think we need to reach out and come back. And hopefully some of them are able to get out and go, and hopefully at some point they will be in church services even here with us. But they're wanting to know, do we really care? Are we going to come back? Are we really faithful? Can we be dependent upon? I think that we are not like the world. And I think, by the grace of God, we can be dependent upon. You know, those runners, like that was mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9.24, they had to be a Greek citizen in order to compete. And Paul was speaking of. In this race, we need to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We need to be born again in order for us to run this race. But everyone that's born again wins. Every one of God's children wins. We read in Revelations many things that many people find difficult to understand, and I'm not sure we will ever understand them all until Christ comes back and gives us perfect understanding after the resurrection, when our bodies are made more perfect in our minds. But one thing that we do know through all revelations, Christ wins. And we're His followers. And if we run this race like we ought to run it, we will win and someday hear Him say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. May God bless these comments and help us to honor Him in Jesus' name.